This, uh, this Wednesday night, uh, the 29th of June, is Springhouse Presents, and I encourage you to, to, to come to it and bring your cell phone, because you may want to, you know, give it, you know, this sort of thing, as some of the, some of the things are going in, there's things you're going to want to film, and things you're going to want to take pictures of, and uh, anyway, it's one, of the, it's one of the most fun nights of the year, so I encourage you to come. In the month of July, we will not be meeting on Wednesday nights. Uh, so bear that in mind as well. Next Sunday, uh, we'll be having baptisms. If anyone would like to be baptized, just uh, speak to one of the pastors uh, or one of the elders, and we'll uh, we'll set that up. And then the following Sunday, July the tenth, we will uh, we'll be having baby dedications. So if anyone has a baby they would like to have dedicated, uh, just let us know before then, and away we go. Uh, would you stand with me and let's read. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form... He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the life that is in your word. And Lord, I, I just I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and anoint each one of us, ch- change our way of thinking, clear away all the all the all the white noise and all the all the distracting voices and all the fog. Help us see clearly. Help us hear clearly, Father. Uh, help us be conformed to your image. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. This last week, I had lunch with a pastor friend of mine up in Nashville, and uh, when we when we sat down to have lunch, the, the waitress came and she, uh, we had several questions about some stuff, that, real simple questions, and she didn't know the answers to any of them, and uh, that was unfortunate. And uh, as she was as she was walking away, uh, he turned to me and he said, "Is." Is service getting worse or are we just getting older? And uh, I said, what do you mean old? Speak for yourself. Actually, uh, no, I went, yes and yes. You know, having just come from, uh, from a store where the, uh, where the checkout person uh, attitude was kind of, yeah, whatever. You know, and then, and then talking to the waitress who didn't know the answers to the questions. You know, I, was, I do think there's been a bit of a deterioration in service. Uh, and, but at the same time, I think every generation thinks that, you know, about, about what's coming up behind them. Uh, really, but how we feel about it and how uh, they feel about it, whoever they happen to be, really boils down to a matter of one word, and that, and that one word is simply attitude. Get right down to what is, what is my attitude about what I'm expecting, and what is their attitude about what they are expecting. 
The scripture we read today says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's in the NIV. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. That's in the message. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the King James Version. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's the New Living Translation. It's, it's, it's simply saying that we need to have the same kind of attitude, the same kind of approach that Jesus had. I've shared this story several, several times. I don't know if I've ever shared it with Kirk here. Uh, but I'm going to share it again because it's, it's so important and some of you never heard it. And those of you who did, uh, I've heard it five times. Maybe you'll get it this time. Uh, when, when we were in Zimbabwe, I, um, we were getting close to the time when we were, when we were going to be leaving and coming back to the States. And, uh, and, and Kirk and his family were going to be coming over. And... He was, you know, selling everything, raising support, putting it all together, getting everything ready to go. And I, uh, you know, I realized that on our end, things just weren't happening very well or happening very quickly. So I decided to go in and, and speak, to, uh, speak to Ezekiel Goody, the man who was the leader, about that and, and just tell him, you know, this isn't right. You know, we, we got to, he's working, we need to work. This just isn't right. So I went in and and, uh, you know, we did our pleasantries and everything. Uh, how are you? How's the family? All, all that stuff. And then, and then I, I, I lit in. You know, I lit in and going, you know, Baba, this, we, this can't be. This is not the way that this is supposed to be. And, and, it, and it didn't take one minute for him to go, you have bad spirit. And he was right. And it, and it really cut me to the heart. And I stopped and repented and we started again and we were able to talk and I think I finally able to I'm finally able to get it down into a, a couple of sentences that are that hopefully we can consume and understand in most situations in most every situation our consideration should not be is my position right it should be is my spirit right because if our spirit is right our position will end up getting sorted out It'll eventually come around to what it ought to be. And if all we're considering is, is my position right? At least half the time we will be wrong about whether or not our position is right. When you, when you get right down to it. And, and, and what, is, what is right? Anyway, when we, when we use that word right, we tend to think in terms of, uh, well, there's two words that we tend to associate with it. And one of them's a good word and one of them's not a good word. Whenever we think right, we think right, just, and fair. And fair <laughs> is a grossly inadequate word that is never applied to God in Scripture. Our God is not fair. He's just, and He's right. See, when we think of fair, we think, okay, uh, one for you, one for you, and one for you. And that's fair, but it may not be just. Uh, we, we tend to think, well, uh, he got to do this last time, so she gets to do it this time. You know, uh, and then it's your turn, and then it's this one's turn. Now, that's fair, but that may not be just, and that may not be, that may not be right. That may not be the way that it, that, that it ought to be. We should acknowledge that we, uh, us, as human beings, we have a very limited scope. We have a very limited perspective of the way we see things. One man's ceilings, another man's floor. You get right down to it. Uh, back in the um, back in the last century, 
there was a, there was a man named Tip O'Neill. He he was served in Congress for thirty four years, and uh, in the last ten years was the Speaker of the House. And uh, the most famous thing he said, or the thing that I remember the most, is all politics are local. When you get right down to it, that's that's what it amounts to. Really, basically, all of life seems to be local. It, you know, it doesn't really. We, we may think that we care about what's going on out there, but what we really care about is what does this mean for me? You know, how does this affect my family? How, how does this affect what I want to do? What, what, what I feel like is, is going on? And so that, that really brings our perspective in. We only have opinions, but God's able to see the whole thing, and God is just, and God, God is the only one who can truly sort it out. Uh, we have our opinions. God is the one who's right. In our estimation, though, the way we look at things, the way right ends up being determined is who has, who has the most strength to enforce their opinion. But that's not, the, that's not why God is right. He is the Lord God Almighty, but that's not why he's right. A couple of things here in, in, in the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar was a, 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 a pagan Gentile king, and he said, I praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Pagan Gentile king, he got it. He understood it. But you didn't have to be a pagan Gentile to get it. I mean, the Hebrew prophet Hosea also said, whoever's wise, let him understand these things. Whoever's discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. But the transgressors stumble in them. He is the Lord God Almighty. However, that's not why his ways are right. Ultimately, he's going to exercise that power and enforce his ways. And I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, the sooner, the sooner, the better. But when he does, it's not going to be the the powerful and the mighty of this world that are going to be his allies or the reason why he's doing it. No, over in Psalm 12, he he says why he's going to do it. Because the poor are plundered. And the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. Okay, English speakers. How many of you know what the word malign means? Okay, we have eight English speakers with us today. Uh, (laughs) All right, English is a second language speaker. How many of you know what malign means? (laughs) Probably more when you get right down to it. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what malign means. Let me read it to you. To malign someone is to speak about them in a spitefully critical manner. Now read that verse. You know, it's so interesting. You read the Bible and you read it, uh, you read something a hundred times and then the hundred and first time you go, oh, wow, it says that. I would think he would say, I'm going to protect them from those who exploit them. Well, he is. I'm going to protect them from those who abuse them. Well, he is. And that's obviously not us. I wasn't expecting an amen and I'm glad I didn't get one. But he says, I'm going to protect them from those who say bad things about them. That might be us from time to time. His ways are right because they are right. And most of the time we get it. Most of the time, I mean, innately, right in here, we, we, we get it. We totally get it. Thou shalt not murder. Yeah, okay, that sounds right. In fact, that is right. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Yep, that's, you know, I've seen the results of that a few times. 
And oftentimes that one and the other command I just gave get mixed up, get connected. I've seen that happen more than once as well. Thou shalt not uh, covet. Can I go, yeah, I don't know about that one. Covetousness eats you up from the inside. You know, it's kind of like drinking spiritual battery acid inside when, when, when you're coveting and, and desiring things. All his ways are right, and we know that. And, and, and for the ones that we actually get, that, I, that should reinforce that notion for us for the ones that we don't get, for the times that we have to go, God, why? God, why, why did this one have to die? Why did this have to happen to me? Why did, why, why did this situation come along that I thought was going to work out and it, and it didn't work out? And we ultimately have to realize all his ways are, are right, and, and life changes once we get that. However, some of the things that he has to say, and these are right as well, we look at and we basically kind of go, you know what, that's nice, but it's not practical. That, that, it would be nice if you really could live that way. It would be great if you could really get along in this world that way. It, it would be, but you can't really, you know, like love people all the time. You can't really be like giving of yourself all the time. And God says it's not just nice. Impractical has nothing whatsoever to do with it. And it wouldn't be great. It is great. And yes, you can do it all the time because I've already shown you how. Have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And this was Jesus' attitude. First part of it. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. No one really knows what the conversation was that went on in heaven when the Son agreed to come to earth. Uh, In fact, it probably took place before the foundation of the world, since he was the the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So, you know, no, no one really knows what the dialogue was. However, I, I, one thing that I'm sure was never said was, but I'm God. Can't we send somebody? I mean, we've got all, we can send somebody else to do that. That never got said. Because he didn't think equality with God was something to cling to. Uh, the, one of the books, probably next to the Bible, probably the most influential book in the, the DNA of this church, is a book by a man named Gail Irwin called The Jesus Style. And uh, one, of the, one of the stories that Gail relates in that book that probably is the one that has stuck with me the best and the most all along was uh, Gail spoke, has spoken at hundreds of churches. And, uh, and he went to this one church and they had a, they had a posting for people to sign up to mow the pastor's grass. And uh, Gail was looking at that and going, okay, I wonder what's wrong with the pastor. Well, I mean, he wasn't sick. He wasn't infirm. He wasn't going out of town. Why did people have this? And so he went to the pastor and he said, uh, you know, why, why do you have that poster there for people to sign up to cut your grass? And the guy said, I'm trying to train them. I'm trying to teach them how to serve. Gail went, okay, well, let me make a suggestion. If you want to teach them how to serve, then you need to change this and put up a poster for you to sign up to cut people's grass. If they need you to come and cut their grass, then let them, let them sign up. Uh, Gail was never invited back to that church. Uh, but that's the, that's the God way. 
That's what God did. Uh, in the sweet by and by, I've, I've talked about it a couple times the last two weeks, but it's so interesting how when you actually read the Bible, it kind of connects, uh, especially in the same chapters and stuff. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the sweet by and by is when these words get spoken. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And one of the interesting things about that is that it does not say, well done, good and faithful CEO. Well done, good and faithful executive. Well done, good and faithful pastor. Well done, good and faithful warrior. I mean, all those things are things that are, that are kind of needed, but the only one who hears well done is a servant. The only one who says, come and share your master's happiness is a servant. And, and over in Luke... Uh, Jesus was telling a parable, and he said, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities, so we ain't going to give them to you. The little, the little things are what matter. Do, do you want to be great? You know, and, and I'm sure that most everyone here has so much humility that they would go, no, I don't really want to be great. I mean, pretty good. That, I'll settle for that, you know. But come on, yeah, everybody wants. I mean, unless the world's just so beating you down that you've given up, everybody wants to strive for something, to achieve something. Well, it's very simple. Serve. Serve. That's, that's what you do. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't just say things. He lived them. And he never once considered that his position exempted him from service. Regardless of what the service was, and he was always willing to take the lowest seat. The, situ- the parable that I've, I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week, week before last, probably both times. But uh, he said, when, when you go into a situation, take the lowest position. You know, humble yourself, humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due season, he will exalt you. He'll lift you up. He'll take you to where you need to be. Whenever I hear somebody say, that's not my job. I want to hurl, and I don't mean throw up. I mean I want to grab them and hurl them. What do you mean it's not your job? Now, I, I, I will say this, you know, I, I, this is why you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, we would like for Christianity and life in, in Christianity to just be a, a bunch of check marks that we can kind of check off and, and, and clear the app on our phone, you know, and move on to the next day. But that's not how it is. It's, it's listening to the Holy Spirit. You, you can't just go crazy and go the other side, too, because people have a tendency, some people have a tendency to go, oh, I'll do that, and I'll do that, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that one, and I'll, I'll do that, I'll do this one, too. And they don't do any of them worth a hoot. Because they're not called to do it, and they're not probably not able to do it, and they certainly don't have that much capacity, and nobody else can do it because it's theirs. So I'm not saying you go there, but there should be nothing, nothing that if it's needed and the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, that you should go, that's not my job, that's, that's, that's beneath me. Or that's above me. You know, sometimes we don't want to do something because we feel like it's below our pay grade. Okay, I kind of get that. But there, the other side, Gideon, okay. You know, the Lord called him to something above his pay grade. David, 
The Lord called him to something above his pay grade. It's not about pay grade. It's about what the Holy Ghost says to you. And the attitude of Christ Jesus would be, is that what you want? I'll do it. That's what his attitude was. And then it moves on to this. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. How easy it is to read that. How easy it is to hear that. How easy, oh yeah, yeah, he died, died a criminal's death on a cross. That's a bad thing. That's a, well, it's, 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 it's a hard thing. It's easy to read. Let me put it this way. Let me quantify it this way. He gave up what was rightfully his and took on what he did not have to do. Gave up what is rightfully his, took on what he did not have to do. Uh, we need to understand, you know, being self-aware is, is sometimes difficult. Sometimes, uh, and I'm, I'm not, we shouldn't think about ourselves all that much, but, you know, we need to know how we're affecting people and kind of what's, what's going on around, you know, that's what I mean by, by self-aware. Being self-aware is sometimes a hard thing to do, because, and especially on things where we're, we're kind of in, in, enculturated, into and one of the things that we're very, very, very much enculturated into is defending and claiming our rights politically and spiritually. Over the last few decades, we've kind of gone there spiritually as well. These are these are my rights, and having one's rights taken away is is, is rarely a good thing. Not necessarily a good thing, but we need to understand. That there may come a time when we need to set aside our rights for God's greater purpose. Set aside our rights for God's will. And there is precedent for this. There is example for this. Paul Paul and Silas, in this very town where he was writing the letter to, uh, Philippi, uh, they were were put in jail. Most of you know the story. Uh, They were put in jail really... Not for good reasons, because they cast a demon out of somebody. <laughs> you know, there, was a, there was a girl who was demon-possessed. They cast the demon out, uh, but she wasn't able to foretell the future anymore, as if demons could actually do that. Uh, but, uh, and, and her owners, who were making money off her, uh, um, brought charges against Paul and Silas. They had them publicly beaten. They were thrown into prison. And then when they got into prison, they had church. And they had a prayer meeting, and they began to worship God. And along about midnight, an earthquake came, uh, the doors opened, uh, the, uh, the chains were broken loose. The jailer comes out, thinks everybody's escaped, is going to kill himself. And Paul says, whoa, no, we're all here. We're all here. We're just having church. You want to get saved? Yeah. And, and the guy did. The guy got saved, and he and his family and a, and a strong church was, was uh, established in the town the next morning. The leaders of the town uh, sent word and said, you, you can let those guys go. They're, we're um, we're going to let them go. Good news. Uh, tell them that they're free to go. They just need to leave. And Paul goes, wait a minute. I'm a Roman citizen. You had no right to beat me publicly. You had no right to imprison me because you didn't give me a trial. And now you want me to sneak out of town. Not going to do that. Uh-uh. Uh, you come and and... 
escort us out and let's have a public apology. Later on, Paul is in Jerusalem and a riot is breaking out about Paul and the, uh, the Roman garrison commander is getting ready to have Paul beaten to, figure, to find out why are, why are these people rioting about you? Boy, <laughs> uh, talk about justice. And, uh, and, and as they're getting ready to beat him, Paul goes, uh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a Roman citizen. Is this, is this, you sure you want to do this? They go, whoa, no, you're a Roman citizen. Okay, in one case... Both cases, same type of situation. The authorities are going to beat him. Both cases, he knew what his rights were. In one case, he makes use of them. In the other case, he lets them go. Why? Think he might have heard something from the Holy Ghost? Think the Holy Ghost might have said something to him, and he goes, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do in this situation. This, this is where I... Here I, here I stand for my rights. Here I let them go. Because God's got a plan. And in one case, the plan was, we're going to save this family. We're going to get this family saved for eternity. We're going to start a church in this, in, in this town. And in, in the other case, it was one where he ended up before Caesar and ended up in, in prison writing these letters that we're reading and looking at today. And then, of course, there was Jesus. It was Jesus who, who, who went to the cross, and unjustly, I mean, even, the, even Pilate, the one who sent him to the cross, as in sending him to the cross, said, I don't find anything wrong with him. I don't find any, any basis for any charges against him, but sent him to the cross. And God used this to save me from death, to redeem me for eternity, bring me into his family. He used it for you to do that as well. And so here's really the point. My rights are not as important as God's plan. When you get right down to it, sometimes I had a, <laughs> when I was a youth pastor, I had a girl ask me a question once and I, you know, I, I opened myself up, stepped right into it. You know, she said, uh, can God do anything? And I said, yes, God can do anything. And, uh, and then she said, can God make a rock too big for him to pick up? Oh, come on. Crying out loud. Actually, the answer to my previous question was wrong. No, God can't do anything. God can't lie. God can't change. God can't be unholy. And God can't do anything stupid. <laughs> when you get right down to it. Okay, so let, let, me, let, me, let me revise that. When we go there, there are sometimes things that come into conflict with one another. When, when, the, when the Cowboys and the 49ers play each other, there are probably people out there praying earnestly for the Cowboys to win. They're just wrong. You know, and I'm praying for the 49ers to win. And... What is wrong is the fact that they both can't win. You know, there have to be times when something that would otherwise be good, I'm not saying that the Cowboys ever winning is good, but there, there, there have to be times when something that otherwise could be good gets trumped by something else that otherwise 
is good as well. And when it comes to my rights and God's will, guess which one should always take precedent? Which one should always be subservient to the other? See, God's will is going to happen regardless. If I, if, if I will willingly lay down my rights for what He wants in my life or what He wants in the lives of those around me, if I will willingly that, that He'll take care of my rights. He'll see to it that that gets sorted out. You know? But if I don't, His will is going to happen anyway, and it's up to me to get my rights. And that's not a good thing. You know, we're will- I did something this week that I've uh, thought about for a few years now, resisted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that I, I you know, I went, I, you know, I just can't justify it. It's too expensive. There's not time. I joined a gym. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Margaret kind of pushed me a little bit, somewhat her fault. And, uh, and, here, and here's why I joined the gym. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, I, I don't, waistline. Okay, first of all, you know, lose, lose a little weight, uh, you know, get a little muscle tone, you know, get, get some of the youthful glory and splendor back. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 that's, that's actually why I did it. And so I went, and, I, uh, and the first day I met with this, this, this trainer guy, and, uh, and he, he tortured me. <laughs> yeah, he really did. I mean, I can still feel the scars of the muscles that were torn down <laughs> that day. And here's the point. We will do that. I gave up my right to lay on the sofa and watch television. My, it's, it's constitutionally guaranteed, people. I mean, seriously. As an American, I gave up my right to lay on the sofa and watch television to go and hurt myself because I wanted the reward on the other side. And we'll do that. I mean, that place was packed. People, people, sweat was dripping everywhere in a big, big room. We'll do that. And yet, when it comes to laying down our rights so that God's will can be done. See, we can pursue our rights or we can pursue His reward. That's the, that's the option there. And Jesus, Jesus decided to pursue His reward. And therefore, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every uh, tongue uh, in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Some may ask, I've even asked, well, wasn't Jesus already exalted? I mean, wasn't he already honored? He didn't have to necessarily do this. I'm sure that he was, but there was obviously something even better. I mean, I don't know what these things are when you get right down to it. The scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's not entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him, who love him enough that that they're willing to lay down some of themselves. To pursue what he wants. 
God's rewards are unimaginable. I love this, I love this passage for two reasons. First of all, it guarantees that Jesus will be acknowledged by all. It's going to happen. I mean, th- this opens up a, a glimpse into the a future, a certain glimpse. This is, this is a sure prophetic word. This is something that, that is going to take place. No matter how the world rages, no matter what weapons they develop, no matter what philosophies they come up with, no matter what things may look like around us, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. I, I can't make that happen, and I don't have to, because it's going to happen. God's guarantee. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. It also shows the end result of the attitude of Christ. I, uh, it's been a while since I shared this, but you know, when you've been someplace 28 years, you, you, you run out of stuff. But, uh, but this was... Uh, uh, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine up in Chicago, I, I heard, heard him give this example decades ago, as before I came here even. And it just always stuck with me. He said, uh, this, this situation here with God in terms of, of what you got and what God's offering is like going to a, a, a potluck picnic with God. And God has brought to the picnic everything. I mean, you got prime rib, you got um, fried chicken, and you got prime rib. <laughs> Everything but Brussels sprouts. I mean, it's, and maybe for some people, Brussels sprouts. All of the okra is fried. Yes. Bacon. There's bacon on everything. Yeah, there we go. This, this is a South, isn't it? Yeah. Joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's all there. Corn on the cob, Irish butter. It's, it's there. Yeah, there it is. You know, uh, <clears throat> caffeine free, calorie free, non-cancer causing Dr. Pepper. It's <laughs> yeah. And you brought a moldy peanut butter sandwich. And God says, hey, why don't we swap? Why don't we swap? You, you give me that, that peanut butter sandwich and you can have all this. And we say, but this is my peanut butter sandwich. He's trying to take my peanut butter sandwich away from me. It's not only good, it's true. That is is exactly how it works. He wants to swap our way of thinking for the mind of Christ. He wants to swap our attitude for, for for the attitude of Christ, but we've got such a death grip on our way of thinking and our attitude. That's not practical. You you can't give yourself away like you can't love people all the time. This is the world here, bud. You know, and God goes, I've been there. Been there, done that, did it my way. And so therefore, Jesus was exalted to the highest place, given a name above every name. And maybe, you know, maybe you can't do it. Maybe we can't do it. Maybe I can't do it. 
but by the power of the Holy Spirit that He places inside of us. By the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can, we can get there. He can do it in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We just got to be willing to give up the peanut butter. Would you stand with me? And with those who are going to pray with people, come forward. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, for anything. And you may go, well, you know, I really hadn't been very good this week. That's irrelevant. He's good. He was good all week. And he's good right now. He's good. And he loves you. He, he doesn't ask us to do anything he's not already doing. He loves you. So if you need prayer for something, you come forward. And, and if not, worship with us for a few moments. Worship with us. Oh, this is a dangerous song. Dangerous.